0: Wheeze Woman. This is Wheeze Woman, a podcast that looks at the decisions women make daily and the impact it has on their lives. Here we talk about wise options women can take to chart the course of their lives in the direction best for them and also challenge you to make the right decisions at the right time. My name is Ehi Ohiani and I'm excited to bring you a woman with an inspiring story every time on Weeze Woman. Women making wise decisions in life situations every day. Today on Wheeze Woman, we want to look at the fears that people have in seeking justice. What are the factors that stop people from seeking justice? And what should people have on their minds when embarking on a journey to pursue justice. For many women in the world, their experience of injustice is more real than that of accessing justice. In fact many have come to accepting injustice as the right thing due to the fear and the belief that having justice is not possible. The laws that exist on paper does not necessarily translate to reality. Making legislation is one good step. However, accessing justice is another. On this episode, we'll speak with Right Honourable Ngunan Adingi of the Benue State House of Assembly, a politician who had to fight for her right through the law to reclaim her mandate which was given to someone else after elections. Honourable Ngunan Adingi contested for a seat in the State House of Assembly. However, she felt she won the elections and was denied that position and thereafter she went to court. What happened next? It's my pleasure to speak with her today on We's Woman. Right, Honorable Atingi Ngunan, Mm -hmm. it's nice to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. How long did it take you to wait for justice to be served in your story or in your case?
1: Hmm, Wow. Precisely. Two years, eight months. That's how long it took for me to go through the court processes and then to win my case at the Supreme Court. Usually, um, a lot of people would have given up because, I mean, it was hitting three years and the tenure was just for four. So really, why would I want to go that far?
0: You did say that any other person would have given up. What reasons did
1: you have not to give up? Well, for the first thing... I know one of the reasons why I got into politics was I was tired of complaining. I just felt everything was wrong and nobody was saying anything. And so I would be like every other Nigerian. I would sit in my room and criticize the government, criticize this policy, criticize everything that was going on. And then finally I said to myself, you can't do anything by criticizing, get in there. So my reason of getting in there was to try and make a difference and ensure that what needed to be done must be done. And so when I tried to get in there, and I was faced with this rejection and the battle, I thought to myself, if I also give up, it means I would not do anything to change the system. The same system of Godfederism, the same system of everybody doing anything and nothing happening, and just everybody just giving up. I said, well, it's the Nigerian system. We just keep going on and on. And I said, if it's going to mean my making a statement to say, hey, you know what? You can get justice no matter how long if you just keep at it.
0: Finally, after two years and eight months, the court ruled in her favor and the mandate was returned to her. And she became the first woman in her constituency to have the judgment of an election overturned in her favor. And the political mandate that had been given to her opponent was returned to her with two years and eight months already gone from her time. How did the time factor affect her?
1: Well, the reality is that there's never enough time for anything. That's the stark reality. You know, the Bible says that you have about 70 years or 80 years to live. But you find out that when somebody gets to 70, there are still a lot of things he he wants to do. So no matter how much time you have, there will never be enough. What I have learned in life is that, and my father taught me this, wherever you are, begin with the end in mind. So, I'm there, I have, no. I have four years, I have my plan set up for where I want to be, when it's ended. So, even if I do not finish everything, I would have gotten to a threshold where I know that I have done so much. I mean, if you just sit down and say, oh, I'm waiting for time, time and I think that's where a lot of us politicians get it wrong. We sit down and we want time to come and meet us. Then we find out four years have gone and we haven't done anything. And then we're now looking for time again. No, begin with the end in mind. And so from day one, when I get into anywhere, I look at myself and I say, four years from now, where do I want to be? And so I begin from there and I start going back. One of the things that I try to do is I go back to my community and I find out what they need. I don't just assume, because sometimes you can be giving these people water and they don't need water. Sometimes you can be giving them um, roads and that's not their problem. So more often than not, what I do is I try to go back to my community very often. And I speak to them, I eat with them, I sleep with them. I'm in their communities, no light, no water. I'm finding out, what is it you prefer in this community? And I have a whole dossier from every, by the way I have 13 council wards, And in every council world I know their problem because I meet very often with them. I discuss their problems with them, I discuss their needs. One of the problems we found out that was that we have a lot of health challenges in the community. Another thing I also do as much as possible, I try to get the youths to understand that you cannot get yourself involved in Tugri. There is no place that politics is a full-time job. You have to get a job, you know. And that aspect is what has been very difficult because these people have been used to some style of politics. Give us money and get on the background, make trouble, kill people, do toggery, you know, whatever. And so it's difficult trying to get them to understand that, no, that is, you, are, you are more than that. You can do something else with your life. You know, so it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I tell you the truth, um, we can't sit down and just watch. If I sit down and watch then, <laughs> like every other person, what I was complaining about becomes a reality. Mm-hmm. So...
0: Some of the factors hindering access to justice include the delay in administration of justice and even the cost of litigation. How similar was this for Honorable Ngunan Adingi?
1: My case was done on credit. The lawyer who did the case for me was my husband's friend. We didn't even pay him, we didn't have the money to pay him. I'm telling you the truth. You know, we have a mindset that You must know a judge, you must take money, you must do all those things. And so people just say, I beg you, I don't have money. So the judge themselves and they they don't go forward. I didn't know any judge, I didn't know anybody. When they say all this, I say, yes, but I got justice. So that means there is hope. There is hope for the common man. There is hope for somebody to pick up a matter and take it conclusively and you will get justice. You don't have to know anybody. I do hope that there is somebody tomorrow who will be faced with my same situation and we'll have to go through this battle. And so it will make sense to give them a template to work with and say, if Gunan could do it, then I can. And as a matter of fact, everybody's doing it now. A lot of people are beginning to seek justice and say, hey, you know what, you can't take what belongs to me anymore. And so for me, that is a success story. And that was what I was looking for. I read um, where you were quoted to say that,
0: look, politics is not a do or die affair. Uh, what would you describe as a do-or-die or what's in your own um, description or thinking is
1: a do-or-die situation? Okay, for me, the do-or-die situation that I was talking about is, you know how politicians want to get into an office and they will kill, they will main, they will get youths, build talks, do all sorts of things. That was the kind of do-or-die I meant. Now, you know that as anybody in life who wants to make anything, you must get to a place where all you are thinking about is to make a name. You know, that's a different thing altogether. That somebody wants to climb Kilimanjaro because he wants to make a name. It's actually not a do-or-die affair. Because a lot of them don't go with the intention that I will die. They go with a mindset that I will go make a mark and come back. So they don't go with a die affair. But the ones who go in there and say, you know what, if I don't get it, no other person will get it. And so if I have to kill to get there, I will. That's the die affair. What's the difference between determination and do or die? Determination, you're not hurting anybody. You're doing it for yourself, and you pull strength from that determination. It's like an athlete who wants to win a gold medal. He will go through the pressure of exercising, go through the pressure of going through training for 20 hours in a day just because he is determined to win a medal. But another person, when you say die, for them it's, I want to, I want to. It's me, 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 myself, and I... So they would do anything to stay there for themselves. It's actually not for anybody. Because if it's for anybody, you will look at it and say, hey, you know what, another person can go. I don't have to be there. I can help another person achieve success. And that is where I am hoping that we will get to.
0: Was there any moment that you felt like giving up? Or what was that thing that would have made you to give up?
1: Oh, yeah. Honestly, there were moments when I felt, is this really all worth it? I have kids, I have a loving husband, I have businesses that are, I mean, and they were successful. So I was thinking, is it really worth it? And then the very people whom you are thinking you want to go represent are shouting you down and saying, please go and sit down, Joe. I mean, you don't have to be, what is it? What's the big deal? You know, you're even making enemies in the process. So yes, I felt like giving up at some time, but... One thing that kept me going, first was my husband. He he kept telling me, you cannot come this far and give up. And then secondly, I knew that if I gave up, there was at least one, two or three people that were looking up to me and hoping, if she can do this, I can. So that for me was the guiding principle in my head. That somebody somewhere would be faced with this same situation tomorrow. What platform would they use? What would be the precedence? Because... The courts actually is based on precedences. So what would be the precedence that they would use to say, I got justice, or I will get justice. So I just said to myself, well, you know what, let's keep going. If I don't get it, then I know it wasn't meant to be so. And then luckily, God was on my side and I did get justice, so I know that it's possible. What
0: did it feel like making history? You know, with that judgment, being in your favor, what, what, what did it feel like <sighs> at that time?
1: Wow. You know, I was in that room that day. I was in the Supreme Court when this matter came up. And um, overwhelming, it's a mild word. I wanted to read law all my life. And uh, I was telling my husband that I wanted to read law all my life. And I got a diploma in law. But I said to my husband, my name is in the law books for as long as I live, my name will be in the law books. So I have gone ahead of myself to get into the law books before I even read the law. So for me, it, it was overwhelming, but at the same time, it was... I, I don't even have the adjective to quantify, it. but I, I got justice. That is how wonderful that whole experience was. So I had just all sort of mixed feelings, happiness, joy history-making, all things just pounding in my head. And at the moment, it was for me, it was like a dream. And then suddenly I said, okay, this is reality. And the very people who did not even want me to go to court were the ones calling me to congratulate. late. So that's, that's the reality of success. Nobody wants to be identified with success, but nobody wants to take that journey with you.
0: So <laughs> I guess um, maybe the message here for ladies listening or for women listening is to get prepared for the journey.
1: Yeah, yeah. In fact, there was a person who won his case based on my judgment Wow! after that won, So for me, every time I hear that, I'm like, good,
0: (laughs) let's go, girl. And I'm particularly happy because it's going to open more ways for women in our society. yeah. Yeah. What vital things should a lady have at the back of her mind when she's seeking for
1: justice? First thing you need to remember is that if you're seeking for justice, you cannot also go back and do what is unjust. That means you cannot go and be a part of a process whereby you yourself cannot say you have been fair in anything. You cannot begin to look for shortcuts, because as a matter of fact shortcuts don't exist. They are just tripods into problems. That's the way I say them. So I, I don't like shortcuts. And then if you're also a woman looking for justice, you have to be determined to get justice and keep a tenacity, tenacious mind a mind that tells us you know what I can't give up you must be resilient if, I, if there's one word that I would tell anybody be resilient let that be your guiding principle wherever you are going and hey you are going to get people jeer at you I did you're going to get people insult you you're going to get people tell you all sort of things because they are not on the same page with you you have to stay focused you must stay focused where am I going to and keep looking at where you're going to forget about everybody if it comes fine if it doesn't come Dust yourself and can keep going.
0: Now, what does the honorable member have to say to women concerning their role in developing their country?
1: One of the things I tell women is: hey, listen, a woman who can carry a pregnancy for nine months, deliver that baby on a clean sheet. Raise that child to believe a mindset that nobody thought existed, and put that child. On a platform where that child can be celebrated anywhere in the world, forgetting herself means that if she would take up herself and do the same thing to herself, she can become it. Women have become so selfless that they do not understand that. You, you take care of yourself too. We forget ourselves. Don't forget yourself. You can make it. And I have been an advocate of women. Where are we? Nigeria is going to get better when women rise up. Tell me a head of state that wasn't born by a woman. Tell me a governor who does not have a mother. Show me one. They don't exist. Every man who is on this earth was born by a woman. And whatever he or she learned, learned it from a mother. So we mothers need to sit back now and say, you know what? Let's do this for ourselves. Let's mold this country. Let's change something. Let's bring up a new paradigm whereby women can take leadership position and show the men that we have capacity to do it. It's not a competition, but we can make it happen.
0: Honorable Ngunan, thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> One special thing that stood out for me on this episode is that there is a fine line between determination and a do-or-die affair mindset. I wonder what stood out for you. Weez woman. woman. That has been our show today on Wheeze Woman, and I hope you enjoyed every bit of it. I also hope you have found some useful information that can help you make the right decisions in your own situations. Join us as we continue the conversation on social media. Like our page on Facebook at Wheeze Woman, and follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Wheeze Woman 01. For more podcasts, go to our website, www.wiznetworkinternational.com. And keep listening to Wheeze Woman on iTunes and on SoundCloud. You can also share inspiring stories of women making their own life-changing decisions in tough situations wherever you are, or women who are struggling with what to do in their situations. Send your stories via our social media platforms, either as a post or as a private message, and we will be so glad to share those stories here on the Wheeze Woman podcast. Remember, here on Wheeze Woman, we say that the decisions you make can change your life forever.